podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to another Buzz podcast. So what is buzzing? There is only one thing buzzing right now on Earth. And okay, maybe two Game of Thrones as well. But this is not Game of Thrones. This is Endgame. Endgame is crazy. It's everywhere. And we're probably going to be one of the first ones that you listen to talking about it. Because we want to react to this movie. We're not going to sit here and review a movie. Because I think this movie, it would be... It would be disrespectful to try and review this film after one watch. This movie deserves two, three, four, five watches. Uh, I have an unlimited card, so I'm going to sneak off whenever I want to to watch this movie. Um, and also, we just there is so much to react to in this film. There's so much. So if you are here and you haven't, and you're listening and you haven't seen this movie, switch off now because I don't want to be the bastard. That ruins this film for you. So I don't want you to listen. Seriously, switch it off. Come back after you've seen the film because this nobody should this should not be spoiled for anyone. So please, please, I beg you, do not listen if you've not watched the film. Okay? Just go. If you've seen it though, you're staying. Because this is good. And I've got not one, not two, but three guests with me this week on this show. Firstly, the regular, as I call him, it's Mr. Jessel at Jessel TV on Twitter. Jessel, how are you doing, my man? I'm fine. I'm good. I've had two hours of sleep because I saw the midnight showing, but we'll get into that later. But you but also I'm... watched Infinity War first. Yep, I did so... the double bill. Wow. Okay, great. I then have another midnighter. It's uh, burning that midnight oil. Hunda Paji is is on buzz for the first time. Hi, Paji. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm I'm not in a state like Jessel because I didn't do the double bill. I did do the midnight viewing though, and I did get two hours sleep. I did oh, get to go to work for about ten eleven hours. So I Jesus. come home and like, and there's That's... still so much going through my mind. That's oh, all I'm saying. Right, Still more, so much going through my mind. Exactly. And it's fresher for myself and my other guest, the third guest on this show. We're going really all out today. Tom Holmes is joining us as well. First time on Buzzle. Tom, you like me, did you go midnight too? I did also midnight. I, wow! I didn't get <laughs> I was the only one that didn't do midnight. <laughs> didn't get two hours sleep because I booked the day off work. My manager oh, look at it was. <laughs> Yeah. It was like can you my manager was like, Oh, can you swap your days off and, and work? Tomorrow no. I get Friday off, and I was just like, no, <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> just not happening. First thing first. Okay, so my story is a little different, and we're going to tell, we're reacting, so we might as well tell the story. I actually went to work today, and I booked it for 11 a.m., and I knew that um, my daughters wanted to watch it before the internet, before they go on the net and it gets spoiled for them. They did not want to get it spoiled. They love it. So we had three generations go to the cinema today. My dad, 
uh, myself and my wife and my two girls, we all went together. I went to work in the morning till uh, 10.55. I, I booked half day off and then I went to watch the movie and I went back to work afterwards and they traveled back home with dad. So uh, my watch was very unique too in that I had it sandwiched in between my work day. But um Either way, it was magnificent. And what we're here to do, guys, like I said, not review, but we're here to give you reactions. So I'm going to go through in order of who um, started watching this first. And obviously it was Jessel. So Jessel, just give me your initial reaction. When you finished watching that movie, what did you feel? Well, first I finished watching uh, Infinity War because it was a double bill. And, um, and then there's a little bit of a break, but it just reminded me how good Infinity War was. Every time I watch it, it gets better and better. And it just bleeds so beautifully into Endgame. And once Endgame was finished after three long hours, um, really my, my breath was taken away. I think less in this sort of character development stage, but more in terms of how well that film was made. It was just so well made. Like the Russo brothers just did such a fantastic job. The cast did a brilliant job in performances. Uh, I mean, even if, you know, all the Indians doing the special effects did a great job as well. If you, if you watched the credits, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to India. And, um, and, but I just, I just absolutely loved it. It was just so good. I think it beat my expectations. Um, over the three hours, my kind of reactions peaked and troughed a little bit, but I mean, we'll get into that later. Uh, but yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And a fitting finale to, uh, to the sort of first three phases. Absolutely. Um, we've got a little bit from Tom later on how this might not be the finale of this phase, but we'll, we'll get there at the end of the show. Baji, you'll be next up. Um, your thoughts, uh, really leaving that cinema was, um, were you, was, was it, was it a broken heart? It still is a broken heart, Gags. <laughs> it still is a, bro- a deeply broken heart. All I will do is say this to anyone who used to follow the Twitter wars that used to happen in jest of gifts. Mm. Me and Gags were right. Team Iron Man all the way. Yes. Me and Gags are right. So I'm just, <laughs> just going to put it out there. I don't give a shit what anybody says after that now. But me and Gags are right about Team Iron Man. And if Absolutely. you doubted us, you have an opportunity to change your heart and your mind after you've watched the film. If you've watched the film and you haven't changed your mind, uh, I'm all right with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I don't I'm think people okay will change it. their minds on who their favorites are, but obviously Indeed. there's a big track yeah. with Iron Man in this movie, and we're going to go there Indeed. first. But Tom, whilst I want your reactions, I want you, not after that, I want you to immediately talk about the arc for Tony, because it's... Um, it's a big one, and um, obviously finding how just his physical appearance when we first see him is 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 crazy. Yeah, it was it was really mad. Um, in terms of the film itself, my initial reaction was just kind of maybe somewhere between shell shock and heartbreak. It's just I've been emotionally drained ever since. I I you know I didn't stop crying throughout the whole thing, and I wasn't the only one. I could hear just sort of around me there was just a cacophony of sobbing for the last sort of hour of the film. Um, yeah, it, it was emotionally draining an experience. I'm not sure it's necessarily my favourite MCU movie. It's definitely sort of at the top end of it, but I'm not sure it's quite my favourite yet. But in terms of an ending to sort of everything that's been done up until this point, I thought, you know, it hit all the notes it needed to hit. And, when, you know, when you're talking about a culmination of everything that's gone on up until this point, the only place to start is really with Tony Stark. And I thought the film got his arc absolutely spot on. And I like even early on, you could sort of see where it was going, and it was really, really painful. 
right from the sort of opening fixtures. You know, you can see, I mean, as you say, right from the start, he's trying to get home. And I, I liked how quickly they resolved that bit. It's sort of everything that was in the trailer, especially the Tony stuff sort of was truncated to about 30 seconds. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's literally it. Yeah. Like literally the 30 seconds of Tony in the trailer are 30 seconds in the film. Um, and then obviously he's struggling straight off. He's calling out cap and I could just sort of see this was going to be very, very different kind of film to what I was expecting. But then obviously, you know, you, they bring in his child and that was such a big sort of element of it. And I've seen people sort of react and sort of say, you know, it's incredibly heroic what he does in this film, because more than any, there are so many characters in this film who are juxtaposed, who are in a position where they just, everything's gone to shit. Everyone's in a position where they need to fix it. But Tony's not in that position. He's the one who sort of has to deal with, I don't need to fix this. For the first time in his life, he doesn't need to fix anything, but he goes back and does it anyway. And in the end, it costs him everything. And I just think for, for a character who up until this point, you know, when you consider where he started the MCU, only fighting for himself, for him to be the one who ultimately makes more of a sacrifice than anyone else, not just for selfish reasons, but for, you know, everything we've not come to expect from Tony Stark is what makes him such a phenomenal character and what makes his his arc in this film so inspiring. Because, you know, right from the start, there's never a doubt where this film is going with Tony. Mm. It it very much lays out exactly what it wants to do, but it's ju- it just it keeps you on tender hooks and yeah. and gut wrenching, and that's one of the things that I think the film does with a lot of characters. But Tony's yeah. the best example of this. Really? Early on, it yeah. says early on it says this is what we're going to do with this character. You're going to cry, start yeah. crying now. Yeah, it's gonna something's going to happen, but I, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through the main six characters first because that is what even even the MCU have been doing to to start with, going through the main six and and throwing their faces everywhere. So, in terms of the Tony arc. Me and you, you mentioned it already. We are, we are Stark fanboys. And I think the beauty of this movie is not only that he ends up getting, having a, a, a little daughter in here to add more emotional strings, to add more attachment, to add more beautifulness to, you know, his, the way he, he speaks to her, you know, the interaction is great. But then there's the, the father son moments as well. And I just think, they put all this stuff in to really round off the character in terms of things that he wanted and he's been dreaming of. I mean, of. I can take you a story from personal experience at Tony Stark, yeah, whereby 10 years ago, Iron Man comes out. What does Pepper Potts drive? Anybody can answer. In the first movie, what car does Pepper Potts drive? Stark's got an R8. Yeah. I don't remember. Audi S5. All right, S5. Sh- my wife at the time, still my wife now, but at that moment in time. <laughs> just, I was going to say, bro. What the fuck? My wife at the time was like, oh, yeah, I can get a company car. And she had a choice of like a Golf or an S5. I was like, get the S5. Get the S5. And she wouldn't have it. She watched the movie, saw that Pep with Gwyneth Paltrow is driving around in S5, and she said, oh, I'm good at that. I'm like, yay, get in, get the S5. I was besotted with that car, but because it was also an Iron Man, and that made me more Team Iron Man than anything ever in my life. And with Tony in this film, the bit that gets me the most, more than his own child, more than meeting his own dad, what does he keep on saying? I lost the boy. Yeah, I lost the, the boy. Peter Parker link is amazing. Yeah, he, it's I, what he, makes him go back, right? He's yeah. he's happy to leave it, and then he's washing the dishes. And he, by the way, he washes dishes very badly. He is not. 
He's not good at it. That's what they put across. He's shit at being a house dad. <laughs> to so, be fair, he could have just, just thrown the t- dish at a virtual yeah. child. So he would stick it in the exactly. dishwasher. And, and then he right. sees Peter Parker's but, picture. But that's the biggest thing for me, mm. is that, where, you know, he he is constantly, constantly talking about he lost the boy, lost the boy, lost the boy. You know, he's come back and you've talked about his disheveled state in regards to um, when he's rescued. And we need to get to Captain Marvel at some point too. It's just, it, it strikes, you know, like as a father, you know, you think about your own children, you think about the emotions you go through, and you think about loss, gain, all these kind of things. And with Tony, there's no what ifs left. Mm. I think that's what something that this film does brilliantly. There's no what if Tony got a chance to speak to Pepper about things. What if Tony got a chance to speak to his? What if Tony got to speak to his dad? What if Tony got to speak to the, the lost boy in inverted commas and spy? Yeah, he gets to do everything mm. totally before agree. giving up everything. Absolutely, and just so that that is sums it up. I think he's men's fences with uh, Cap. Uh, he's back in, uh, looking very weak to start with, obviously. But overall, then, when he goes, the the weeping in this scene, like in the cinema, it's been a long time since I've seen a collective, like, oh my god. Yeah, that past uh, the the sort of last hour in particular, and last kind of, I guess, well, his funeral scene and everything. Oh, yeah, wow. I, I mean, just wow. people were emotional. You know, that the, there was a lot of sniffling and straight out bawling and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go you straight know, he, on record here and say my he, daughter, I had to calm her down. She was uncontrollable crying. The elder one for this scene, and even the little ten year old was crying her eyes out. It's it's just made the movie more special for me to be able to witness. Two of my girls, who I never thought would be into this, but reacting like this to something, I think the way I put it on, on Twitter was, they gave a shit about something that I gave a shit about, you know? And, um, yeah, it just made the whole thing so special for me, Jessel. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one, one, he's been there from the start, isn't he? This is the whole thing that kicked it off in the first place, Iron Man. And few of us could have predicted back then how big the Marvel Cinematic Universe would become and just how good a job they've done over these past 22 films. So it's only fitting that Tony is the one who really wraps it up and, and, and his narrative arc throughout this film is the crucial one. Not that the others don't have crucial ones, of course they do, but his is the one that we connect to in the very first place in that first film. And he's been kind of in and out over the past few films, um, but with this, he he deserved his sort of central role within it. And... um as the others were saying, you know, it was such a varied and nuanced role. He had bits where he was funny, where he was devastated, where he was, you know, physically kind of like, what's the word? Just completely chewed up and yeah. spit what out. Did, what did he Captain call, uh, what did he call Rocket? <laughs> I thought you were something bear at one point. It was, must be oh, a builder bear. Build a yeah. bear. That's a builder bear. <laughs> That's it. He still gets those zingers in, doesn't oh, he? Oh, it was brilliant, man. It was just. Oh, and he goes, maybe I am. Rocket was great as well. Just so good. Just so good, mate. Um, anything left on Tony? I just thought it was, it was a beautiful climax to 10 years, 11 years, whatever it's been of, uh, Tony Stark. And I think there were a few times where you thought he was going to go in this film. You thought, you know, especially in that, the war scene at the end, you just think, holy shit, there's a couple of times where he's been beaten up. But um, another character feels the same way. Um, anything else anyone wants to say, Tony, before I go to the next one? 
No? Okay. Jess, I'll stick with you then. Yeah. Cap. Oh, Cap. I think I preferred Captain America's storyline through this even more than Tony's because Tony's was such an emotional roller coaster. Whereas I think, like, Steve Rogers has always been a bit more understated, a bit more stoic. But the way that they built Cap's well. story, though, dude, in, in the media, you thought this guy was going to die. You thought Cap was going to die in this film. It was, I had no doubt that one of the people that would be killed off in this movie was Captain America. And that's what was my biggest takeout and surprise with how they went his way. But before we get to the, his end, yeah, go, go ahead. He was, his story was incredible as well. Yeah. And I think the thing that I liked about it was he had a really good role in the first kind of act of this film where he's, it's bizarre. He's kind of like this, this sort of self-help group or not self-help group, but kind of like a, like, what do you call it? A therapy group. He's leading that. And then the way that he talks to Scarlett Johansson about seeing um, whales in the river and stuff. And she's like, look, don't you dare be an optimist about this Thanos situation and stuff. But that's just his natural state. He is an optimistic person. No, but he's given up though, hasn't he? He's given up on going back. He's given up on finding a way to win or or do something. Even though it's optimistic for the future, to me it felt like he'd given up on trying to go find a way to get these people back. There was just that hard reality hit home and said, I can't do anything more. I'm just going to have to carry on. And that was it. You know, and that was the... That was the thing that I got out of it more than anything that he's just, he's just given, he's, he had to give up and it was, it was hurting him. It was still hurting him. Yeah. Well, he's lost everything before though, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's yeah, been, suppose. you know, so he's You're probably right. he's used the, to loss. Absolutely. Hasn't he? Good point. Yeah. The most, the most, <laughs> the guy that's the most, uh, used to loss anyway. Um, Baji, what were your thoughts? Do you agree with, um, Justin saying that this was the best arc? Um, it's a tough one, actually, whether it's the best arc or not. I, I thought it was surprising what they did with him at the end. I really did. I, I, you, could, you couldn't say I was going to call that. When he was standing there, I was like, he's not coming back. But I didn't know they were going to go yeah, back. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, um, in regards to end, I wasn't expecting his ending. You could half guess, though. You know, like, so the way that he was that right at the end, like, I'm, I'm going back in time, guys. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Yeah, yeah, of course you were, lads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see you soon, mate. Uh, kind of rather sheepishly. Um, so no, I didn't expect to see him back. I didn't expect to see him back. Um, in regards to his storyline and all this, it's almost a rever. It's just like I just said. It's a reversal of time. Yeah, that's, and reversal of time is massive in this film. Everywhere, but for him, it's the best reversal of time. Mm. Because you see, when he goes back to 1970, and he looks, and he accidentally goes into um, Agent Carter's office, yeah. and he sees that you know he always carried her photo with him. Mm. She always had a constant reminder of him with her, and he realizes uh, you can just see in that moment in time. You know, like he talks even in the self help group, he talks throughout the film with us in regards to how to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, how you get past that love. And I think that's the bit where he gets that epiphany moment whereby he realizes that, you know what? We can jump through time, but no time will heal this crack, this fracture. Mm-hmm. And he sees his way backwards. You can, just that moment, yeah. you can just see at that moment, everything is written yeah. there and then that he's decided his destiny at that point in time. Because they know they have to take the stones back. <clears throat> yeah. They know absolutely. they have to take the stones back. 
that point. You're like going, okay, that's going to happen. But you just don't know how it's going to manifest itself. And obviously, you see him dancing with Agent Carter, and you're like going, yes. I saw what Yevo really wanted as a knit cap. He didn't really want to be running around with the shield, with the blue suit on, with a mm. big star, saying, look at me. Oh, and I'm not quite sure what they're giving me as a helmet. This could be wings. <laughs> they could be ears. We're never really quite sure what the heck is going on there. Yeah. But hey, look, you know what? I don't have to don this leather suit anymore. I can just chill out. So, Tom, I want to talk to you about some of the absolutely unforgettable moments for Cap in this movie. You get one, um, Tony talking about his ass. Hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Second. I didn't stop laughing for that for about five minutes, honestly. Yeah, and then Tony, uh, sorry, Cap meeting Cap. Now, this is a link into what Baji's talking about with Peggy. That being the link, and then not only Peggy, but the other emotional being the Winter Soldier. He, he constantly is attached to these people because he lost them and he, you know, and how important they were in his arc in this movie again in, in, in dire straits when he's getting beaten up by himself, um, which is a brilliant scene. And then finally, I want you to talk about the hammer because I absolutely jumped out of my seat and punched the air when he picked Mule Mule, whatever, however you say Mule Mule, however you say it, right? Talk to me. Talk to me, Tom, because Cap had some fucking amazing scenes. I agree with, with Jess Arlach. I, I think Cap was, Cap's not always been my favourite character in the MCU, but he was absolutely, for me, my favourite character in this film, and I thought he got the best scenes in this film. Um, the Cap v. Cap scene was, that whole back-in-time arc is, is really cleverly done, because when you meet your former self, you can sort of, it gives the film a real cheat code for basically just slapping character development on a character. And you can see this Cap's a little more, not jaded, but he's a little more streetwise. He's a little more sort of, he's not quite as sort of American way. You know, he'll be like, he'll, you know, he'll be a bit dirty. He'll be a bit <laughs> snide. He'll be a bit clever as well. Yeah, you know, that scene, was... The scene in the elevator is a phenomenal scene as well. Because oh. you think, you think you're going to get oh to see Cap. God. And then he just, and then he just uses the knowledge that he's picked up. Yeah. And he's a little bit more smart about so it rather good. than being. You, you, know, you previous... actually think, Tom, before you finish, sorry, you think that it's going to be that scene again? He's going to start beating you, the shit out of him in the, in the elevator. <laughs> so ready for it but you know you just get this cap that's a little more sort of nuanced and a little more and he uses his brain a little more whereas caps always before has been a little bit sort of like i'm just going to punch my way out of this because that's the right thing to do in this film he's a little bit more sort of just careful about it and i thought that whole back in time scene you could see him and just the way he snarks himself a little bit he's like yeah yeah i know i can do this all, all right. day i know god <laughs> like even no. he's fed up of himself <laughs> It's just like, do I, do I really sound like that? Yeah, right, the Russos, though, Tom, um, at yeah. this point, you have to say the Russos nail every single fucking scene, like the elevator twist. Like, as in, like, you're just ready for something, and they just say, nah, we're just using it, because we know you're going to get excited, and then we're going to do something else with it, and move it on. And it's just, just how they've reused the entire cast of every film. Like, I, I stressed on Twitter today, I didn't try and spoil it. I just said, this film is for enthusiasts of the MCU, people that have watched all 21 movies. No, you can't miss a film when you watch this film. You can't have... This is... Uh, in my, it just <laughs> everything to... Yeah, we'll get to you, Baji. We'll get to you in a minute. Baji, Baji, Miss Captain America, Captain Marvel, Tom. The other thing with um, the other thing with Mjolnir, I think that was one of those where you kind of realise about five seconds before it happens exactly what's about to happen. But I oh think that for God. me is the other thing I really love about Cap. There's that moment 
just sort of just put, after he's picked up the hammer, but so that moment just before everyone else shows up to save him, and that for me is my favourite cat moment in the film, yeah. where he's you know he's just had the crap beaten out of him, oh, his no. shield's broken. You think he's, he's gonna die? You think he's dying? He, Honestly, tell me. Any one of you didn't think Cap's dying there? I I thought he was one hundred percent gone. And he just stands up, and he's you know he's he hasn't got a chance against Thanos, but no. he still stands up and just goes. You thought I thought he was I genuinely thought he was going to say I could still do this all day, yeah. but it just that just me because there's some people who when Cap was sort of first announced and after Captain America one there was always that sort of that section went well he's a boring character because he's just no he's like not. His, his whole character is that he's right no. is that he does the right thing all the time They've developed him so well and I'm just like yeah but. There are moments in a film where you need someone who is just always going to do the right thing because there's never, that's the thing, in Cap's mind, there's never a second where he doubts that he's going to fight until he literally can't stand. Yeah. And that's the thing I love about him. Right until the end, he's, you know, even even when he's, he, she has no right to get back up there and he still is just like, all right. And even, you know, the army peels down, you can just see, you can just see literally going through his head, he's like, all right, I'm going to die, but I'm going to literally, if, if that's it, that's it, I'm going to keep going. You know, there's even if there's a one percent chance he's going to be able to stop Thanos and an entire army single-handedly, you know he's just going to go and try, and yeah. it, that's what makes him wielding Mjolnir so worth it because you see in that moment that he is worthy of, of wielding it. Absolutely. And I mean, we'll talk about a little bit and more. He about goes, Thor. I knew it, Thor. Goes, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll obviously talk a little bit more about Thor in a minute, but I just yeah. thought that was such an outstanding moment. I was, and Jessel, I just want to finish with you because the the beauty of this then is once he's wielding the hammer. The link up with Thor is, is link up with Winter Soldier-esque in, in, in Civil War, where they are just beating the shit out of Thanos with this, with the hammer and the axe and switching and the way they switch. But, but obviously talking about the shield as well, there was another beautiful moment with, with Tony giving it him back. But one thing I want you to talk about at the end is the, the thing that he says in the first Avengers movie when everyone gets together, the, the title of the first movie. When everyone stands by him, what were you feeling when, when Doctor Strange and what's his face? I forget his name. Wong were bringing through all the Avengers. What were you feeling? And then when he says the words, I knew he was going to say the words Avengers assemble. Um, Wong is actually a big Man United fan. So I just don't think we should talk about him on this podcast, frankly. Um, and, uh, but <laughs> so why do you talk about Jon Snow? Why do you talk about Jon Snow? No, hang on. Don't ruin that. Is he a man? Yes. He is a mank. Guys, why are you ruining my life? No, okay. But in all seriousness, <laughs> when, when all these guys come through, through the Doctor Strange spirals and stuff, it, it's just epic because suddenly my brain had just switched off and I'm like, oh shit. Okay. There's no way out for this guy. I, I and then suddenly so. you're like, hang on. Everyone's alive and they all just start flooding in. And, and then you have this gigantic set piece. I mean, we'll get to that set piece later, but. Just generally, like wrapping up on Captain America, uh, I, I think he has my favourite arc in this. And he wasn't always, as Tom was saying, he wasn't always like the sort of most beloved character, but they have developed him so well. And do you know what? What really counts is that each one of his films, they have just been brilliant, really. And they've just got better and better. You know, Civil War is just fantastic. Winter Soldier is amazing. That's like many people's favourite ones. And he's been great in the Avengers. And this, I just, th- I think he peaks in this. I think he steals this, to be honest, alongside another character we'll get to later. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, love him. I, I think it's just brilliant. And this is just the perfect way for him to sign off. Okay. Right. We're going to go to, um, I'm not, I'm actually steering away from original six because there's a big talking point here. We'll be really quick with it. Captain Marvel, Marvel Baji, you didn't watch Captain Marvel. How could you not watch Captain Marvel? Because in, in, in the very same way, you forgot to mention how Hydra. 
Yes, no, I think uh, Tom Tom referenced it in saying when he left the lift, he said something and, and you know, yeah, that, I, that, that was a twist. Yeah, he referenced it. And, yeah. and, and the fact that he keeps said Carter's modesty. Would you like to talk about your time with him? No, not really. <laughs> no. Right at the end, he keeps that secret, doesn't he? He doesn't tell them anything about Carter. Nope. I think that's amazing because can you imagine that conversation piece? Hi, love. Remember me? Hang on, where did you come from? Well, how long you got? Exactly. Years. <laughs> Let's have a chat. Yeah. Um, right, Captain Marvel. I had never watched Captain Marvel, so the other thing that happens when you have children, going to the cinema becomes a lot harder. <laughs> yes, of course, you got a little one. It's <laughs> also a lot harder when Captain Marvel comes out between European ways. Obviously, your first love cannot be ignored, yeah. Liverpool Football Club. Exactly. exactly. My, my first love cannot be ignored. Um, she wouldn't really like it either. So <laughs> that's kind of, and and in, in between of all things, I kind of missed out. And every time I said to myself, all right, I'll get a late showing, I'll get a late showing, I'll get a late showing. There's kind of much travel to do and other things like so that. So what did you feel so, then when you saw her first, um, carry back uh, Iron Man? <laughs> no, do you know what? So... You're there, you're expecting Tony to die within the first 15 minutes. The way it's laid out from the trailers, from everything you've seen, and when you see the bright light, you're like thinking, all right, he's heading towards the sun, or he's heading towards the star, and this is the end, you know, like a bright, you know, heading towards the light in inverted commas. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there's a lady glowing. I'm like, oh, it looks like Captain Marvel. Oh, it is Captain Marvel. How is she there? What? How can she get there? And in my head, I was like, going, I really wish I watched the movie. <laughs> Um, so I find Captain Marvel intriguing because I don't know anything about her powers. I know nothing of her history. I just know that she can seem to go from any portal in the universe really easily and just get there. And it's great. Throughout the movie, she's always saying, you know, this isn't the only planet. These The things that are happening here are happening elsewhere, too. I've got other problems to go and fix. So you can tell she's quite she's in demand. I can, I can understand why, especially if you can go in and out of space and save Tony Stark and take him home for a while. So when she comes right at the end mm. with her uh, with her sporting new cut, so to speak, um, it's brilliant because as she arrives, there's an epic scene with everybody else arriving and all the women arriving. And oh, if you're ever looking, that's a brilliant scene. You are, the females. If you are, oh, I didn't ever, like it. Did not like it. Why? Why? That was so cheesy. It was so on the nose. Like, it, like it was just it, that was the kind of one where it's like, oh look, we've got a picture of all these female superheroes. You didn't now. like, you didn't like the what? You didn't like that song in Captain Marvel either, did you? At the end, no, I didn't. That was see again on the nose. I just don't like things on the nose. That was too on the nose. I thought it was patronising, if I'm honest, because they basically get thirty seconds of screen time. It's like, okay, here you go. We placated the women. And that's what it felt like to me. But I, I, um, if, I if other people uh, yeah, then. Fine, that's fair enough. But the way that it, it was very inorganic, it looked like a Spice Girls reunion concert ahead, or something. Buddy, <laughs> don't no. debate. In, in defense of Marvel, I can't believe I'm doing this here. Um, if I have a young girl, seven years old, maybe eight years old, or in Gag's case where they're 10 years old, 13, 14 years old, and they see that, they see, yeah, all of a sudden you got a fan of sitting thinking, oh, what the fuck are you going to do then, love? Kind of thing. And they're like, going, all right, here you go then. This is what we're going to do. It's great. It's a real positive, and sometimes small positives 
are all that are needed to sow seeds with people. I, I in can, that perspective, I can yeah. completely in, understand. In, in, yeah, in that perspective, I think it was quite a good thing to have seen. Yeah. I loved uh, it. I punched um, the air. That, but coming back to, but coming back to, yeah, coming back to Captain Marvel, I can't wait to watch the film. I was <laughs> 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 like, like, you're amazing. Oh, this, is, this is really good. Do you know what? Ca- Captain like, Marvel is one of my top five Marvel films. Wow. Actually, really? I, yeah, yeah, I'd say top five. If you really watch it, it's it's that good. Honestly. Um, I think it's brilliant. No, I don't want to oversell Tom, it to you. It's like, Tom, well, you've done it now, you mate. Got la- <laughs> you got, <laughs> got a lady who gives who gives it to Thanos hard. <laughs> oh Jesus! She's I amazing. Know that. She really is amazing. I, 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 to as a character, Captain Mar- I think Captain Marvel rocks. And I've told you, I've not seen the film, but she rocked up. She saved Tony Stark. Mm. And then she's right in the ba- picture battle. Yeah. I think she's yeah. perfectly used in this film. Perfectly. She is. So they, they don't overuse it, do they, Tom? They really. They can't, they they do the, the starting and then they can, and then they they write out her uh, story arc in the middle and then they bring her in at the end and she's she is as we've seen in previous films sorry Baji she's devastating she's literally is, devastating yeah. it's 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 difficult to kind of deal with this this character to an extent in that you know she's not only by far the most powerful character but she literally like you know she literally just could chirp and, and blow Thanos to to shreds if she wanted to and mm. she, obviously obviously she does to an extent in this film. You know, so it, it, his, his infinity stone saves him, doesn't it? He's got one. He's one of them. Yeah, he has, yeah. A bit gets yeah. a bit cheaty with her. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, they can't have her like actually win because that needs to be one of the original Avengers to sort of you know symbolize it. But you know, she's perfectly pitched in the way that she pitches up just in time to absolute wreak havoc, show off her powers to the full. Um, I do like Captain Marvel as a film. Obviously, we're not going to talk about it too much here. I I think uh, I think she's the the most exciting thing for me about her is not necessarily the film she's been in uh, so much as the fact that everything that I've liked about her up until this point is the kind of stuff we can use going forward, if that makes sense. Mm. So I like the character maybe more than I like her film is probably the best way of describing that. And I think, as I say, she's perfectly using this one. Yeah, and obviously they've got her integrated now with the rest of the cast uh, bouncing off of the characters already. And I think that that's the important part is seeing her with them it's it's just like a wrestling thing you got to give rub got to give a bit of rub to somebody else and they 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 then become massive and i think there's all the other characters that we'll get onto but we're going to be here all night if we do that but um Jessa, we'll go we'll go all the way back to you then with uh, the next one is thor oh yes thank you thank you gags you read my mind my favorite <laughs> character now in the marvel cinematic universe is thor which if you'd said that to me after the first two films especially the second one which i i think I, I really, like, I thought, should I sue Marvel for this two hours of my life that I've lost to Thor the Dark World? I actually uh, like Thor the Dark World. Oh, it's, wow. not as, it's not as bad as you remember it, honestly. It's, it, it's it might not, not be. It that might not bad. Be. Yeah, maybe it's not as bad as I remembered, but the the problem is I can remember two things from the whole film. And and when I can remember two things from like a whole film, to me, that kind of like indicates that I didn't, well, I certainly didn't enjoy it. Then Thor Ragnarok happened and and his crossover and, oh God, and then Infinity War and then him like hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then in this film, film, he nails it. Fat Thor is the fucking god. (laughs) Fat Thor is my spirit animal now. Like, you know, this is what I'm going to work towards. Uh, to be- <laughs> Fat Thor is Punjabi. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He's so Punjabi. He just drinks beer. That's all he wants the to do. Hair, is drink- the beard. He's done a reverse Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's funny is Chris Pratt looks at him later in the film like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
So good. So um, good. But yeah, one. sorry, getting back to my point. Yeah, no, I, I thought Thor, his character arc here was much more based on comedy because that's, I think he's just been hilarious. And, and Chris Hemsworth since Thor Ragnarok, um, has just been outstanding at delivering these brilliant moments of comedy alongside, you know, the more dramatic moments and stuff. But, but really, he is the light relief now in in a way that he wasn't before. Oh, he was, you know, he was that pompous serious kind of character. As well, though, dude. Now, it's just so good. I thought there were some serious bits when he was begging to put the... Oh, no, there are He was desperate. You could see how desperate he was to save or be worth something. That's the arc here, right? Is He thought he was worthless again. You know, sorry, not again. Sorry, he just thought he was worthless. He thought there was no, he was not worthy of anything. And it was quite sad to see him him go that way. I mean, the big surprise was Valkyrie turning up. Um, as you know, th- that was the beauty of the film, wasn't it? As well, just so that every other arc you saw, there was something with a link with the with their own films or their own stories turning up with them. And I just thought, obviously, Thor Ragnarok cast being in there just made it all the more special, didn't it? Stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like regular listeners will know that I don't watch trailers. So I, I literally hadn't seen a trailer for this film because I just refused to watch them. No, but we didn't and... know. Oh, nobody knew they're not in the trailers. No one's in the oh, trailer. Really? Only okay. the original six are in the trailers with, with Marvel, Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, I think in Infinity War, you see the real kind of muscular physicality yeah. of Thor and how impressive a specimen he is. Mm. I mean, he, he really is a god in that. You know, mm. he's amazing. <laughs> you see the complete opposite of him. You know, his, his confidence is a physical manifestation of his pot belly. And, um, and he's just lost that confidence. And he, you're right. He doesn't think he's worthy, but then he kind of connects with his mum and, um, and everything changes for him except his physical shape. But he's just <laughs> so good. He's just so brilliant. I love him so much. Like, uh, I, I just the day that he goes, I think will be the day that my heart breaks because I'm not actually that heartbroken about Iron Man because I think he's just had such a good run. But I feel like Thor is entering this groove now, which is just my—he's my favorite character now. I don't know what you guys think. Um, just to just kind of jump in on this one, I can, it, completely agree because my sort of the other thing is with Cap with Captain America and with Iron Man, you kind of going into this, you didn't necessarily know they'd die, but you knew both of them would be sort of done. Like you knew that there was a very, very slim chance that either of them were going to come back for more after this one. Yeah. Whereas with Thor, there was no indication which way it would go. You genuinely didn't know going into this film. I think obviously there was a handful of the, you know, the core Avengers. You weren't quite sure what was going to happen with them. But I think the combination of obviously Ragnarok and Infinity War, meaning that Thor was probably my favourite Avenger as well going into this. So for me, there was sort of a lot on the line with Thor in the sense that this was the character that I've most connected with over the last couple of films. And there's genuinely, genuinely 50-50 whether he'd make it through. So to see him come through this film alive is a great start to see him get a really really solid character arc in this film as well and one that i really liked because it wasn't whilst everyone else has got there this is the end of your character arc going on this was thor kind of this is the middle of his character arc because this is a character that for you know the first couple of films i don't think they're bad films but they clearly didn't really know what to do with thor in them and then obviously with the ragnarok they were starting to so the last couple of films they've started to get an idea of what they want to do with thor so to have him really sort of come through this film, be a big part of the cinematic universe going forward, and sort of finally feel like they've understood the character and sort of getting at what makes the character great and getting the best out of Chris Hemsworth. So for me, it was an absolute joy. Honestly, the one the one thing I wanted out of this film to come out was to be able to see Thor going into Guardians, see Thor being able to show up in Guardians of Galaxy 3 and Captain Marvel 2, to see knowing that Thor was going to be in future movies. So I'm really, really happy that they've pitch this as don't worry guys we're going to get thor in guardians of galaxy 3 it's he's going to be like rocking and rolling and i think that that for me was sort of one of my personal highlights of the film you go wrong mate you go wrong it's as guardians of the galaxy 
That was, I thought that was beautifully. <laughs> what done. a line that was. That was a fucking brilliant line. And I have a feeling they might even do something like that. Ah, put an AS in front of Asgardians of the Galaxy. Because it would be perfect, buddy. Talk to me about Thor. Because, uh, this guy was just, yeah, comic relief, but you felt bad for him too. Thor's a god. Yeah, and he doesn't ever want anyone to ever forget that he's a god. Because like is a complete arrogance. I am a god amongst men, kind of thing, from way back when. And to see how fragile he's become by the time you get to New Asgard. Actually, how fragile he becomes when he beheads Thanos. You know, because they're talking to Thanos and all of a sudden you just get a rage of anger off with his head. Yeah, very godlike, off with his head. And then after that, the descent into Punjabi thought, I, you know, I, forget it, I've got my beer gut out, I'm just going to sit there and watch yeah, TV, we, complain we, about, we. complain about cable and go online yeah. and then scare some, scare some people. kids. <laughs> Playing Fortnite. <laughs> Down the phone line. Oh my yeah. god, so good. So, and, like, and then remind the kid, I'm Thor, I'm a god. And the two um, characters, what are their names? The Tom, I forget it from Thor Ragnarok. Um, that was- Corgan, Corgan oh my Peak, god, yeah. they're so funny. Thanks, Thor. Thanks a lot. And uh, I, I just, I mean, we're going to skip to another one, but I just thought he was, is, is there anything else you guys wanted to speak about on this because, <clears throat> on the character, because I just thought they they nailed it all the way, all the way into merging his next film, you know, appearing with I, the other guys. I think the, the biggest thing in this film for me, for Thor, is the fact that everyone else has a healing process that you can see that makes any sense. But with Thor, you have to feel it because he can't see those people ever again. Everybody else gets something back. You realise this. Thor is one of the ones who doesn't. doesn't I also like... Back, yeah, he's lost everyone back, already, yeah. yeah. I like that he's they lost. retroactively made Thor 2 a little bit better as well by putting the stuff in from it and basically admitting that they didn't really deal with Frigga's death properly in Thor 2 and mm. sort of actually being like because to an extent some of the characters that he lost in other films you can sort of that he's dealt with those in those films but with Thor 2 he never really dealt with Frigga's death so it was good for them to actually go back and be like yeah okay this is something we could have done better we're going to try and retroactively make it a bit better and that that and the other only other thing I want to say on Thor is I think it, I'm really 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 happy that they didn't spoil the fat Thor in the trailers because that was that could have been would have been so easy for them to do the the laugh in the cinema when Fat, Fat Thor comes on screen was just raucous. Like the laughter was, and and it was just fantastic. You're right; it was such a shock moment, and they nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I think with him, the last thing I'll say is his arc throughout his films is kind of like what Harinda was saying before. That he's kind of adolescent in the first couple of ones. He's he's this very arrogant young god who thinks he knows everything, and then as he kind of progresses, he gets lost, like physically and emotionally, in Thor Ragnarok. And then in the last couple of films, he kind of he's kind of entering this middle age for both his narrative, his narrative, and also just physically, he looks like he's <laughs> in this film. He looks middle aged, yeah. and so it, it's just interesting how he's going to progress now. I, I can't wait. Frank. Yeah, it was nice to see Natalie Portman, even though she didn't do anything. It was just nice to see the the reference, you know, of her being there, and they didn't actually show how they got the the the, the stone out of her, thankfully. But uh, yeah, otherwise, I just thought it was a good it was a good thing that they did that because it needed it. It was too much, there was too much ignorance going on with that. So that was a definitely a good, um, a good little bit. So going from 
You guys have been talking about Thrall Ragnarok referencing a lot. Baji, I'm going to stick with you because I know you like this one. Um, this was Hulk. So, talk to me Mark. about... Mulk, Bulk, what you're calling now? Bulk. 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 Banner and Mulk. Bulk, Mulk. No, we'll just call him uh, Hulk because that was a big, big surprise as well. That as you, as this is the beauty of the film. You don't expect Fat Thor. You don't expect Bulk. You know, you just don't. It just you just you just don't expect it to be. You don't. So you know, he's what? cocky. He's so cocky as well. It's unbelievable. I, I didn't expect emotionally mature Hulk because if you remember in previous films, he just disappears, right? He's upset. He's yeah, angry. No control. Mm. Black Widow is looking for him as well to see where has he gone because she's heartbroken. You know, she wants Bruce. Yeah, and Bruce is like, okay, I'm, I'm. <laughs> Half Punjabi, and he did, he escapes to India. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> <laughs> shit, 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 guys, real, where do you go? Let's go India. No problems. Everything will be okay. Um, but Bruce and his emotional intelligence and capability in this film helps many people. So you, you get the doctor of the Bruce banner here in that sense. And I, I found that really touching. And the best part is, obviously, when he's talking to Oh, what's her name? From Doctor Strange. Oh, Tilda. I think, she's, I think she just goes Tilda. by the Ancient One. I think that's all she goes yeah, by. She, yeah, that's, I thought yeah. it was something. I was about to say the Mystic One. Like, that's not her. She's definitely not the Special One. So yeah, the, the Ancient One is the correct one. So when he's speaking to the Ancient One to convince her to give up the stone, and she's like, I'm looking for the Star of our day, kind of thing. And then... He mentions, as soon as he mentions Doctor Strange and the way that she changes, but he does all of that in a persuasive manner. He's not trying to be angry. He's not trying to be the Hulk. He's not trying to be bulk either in that moment in time. He's just Bruce. And I found that so, so touching that he, he could convince her to do that and that she was just willing to give this up to him. But then you also see at the end in the funeral and the whole scene as to how he is with everybody there. Yeah, you, know, you just how he—he's almost become this big father figure, and you never really expected him to be that. I never expected Hulk to go that way, ever. You just expect angry Hulk all the time. Here you have emotionally intelligent Hulk, and that threw me completely. But I loved it, and for me, for me, he was my favorite in all this, more so than Captain America, more so than any of the others that we're going to touch on. Hulk was my favourite because of that emotional intelligence. Wow! Right? Who wants to speak? To, uh, sorry, Bulk next, uh, Tom. <laughs> I, I I liked him in this film. I think they did a lot of good stuff with him. I think it's kind of a shame that we're, for a lot of complicated reasons, extremely unlikely to ever get a Hulk solo film. So I feel as though they kind of had to rush. A Maybe not Russia's development, because obviously it does take place over the course of five years. But they very much kind of went, "You're going to get a completely different Hulk to the way that you're to the way that you've dealt with Hulk before." Because with Thor, it felt like the changes we'd seen off screen were a natural development for him. Whereas, and it makes sense the way they dealt with it with Hulk. But I just kind of feel like this is them basically admitting that, look, you're not going to get a chance to actually see Hulk develop 
on his own terms in his own films. So we're just kind of going to have to develop him as a character off screen. And then you just kind of have to deal with this new Hulk because this is what this film needs him to be, which which I liked. Uh, uh, you know, I do like the character of Thor and uh, Hulk, sorry, in this film. But I just think it's a shame that we, we don't get to see that kind of organic growth from his character. And I, Hulk struck me as one of those characters where they're kind of positioning him to sort of be a sort of a, a side fixture. Because it's, I, I don't know, maybe it was just me. I kind of felt like Ruffalo, maybe not, maybe that his heart wasn't in it, but maybe it just seemed like he didn't have quite as much screen time. didn't have quite as much sort of character work in this one. Maybe it sort of suggests they're kind of sort of saying, you're going to be on the peripheries for the next sort of five years. Because I think, you know, he was one of those characters where he didn't really get an arc in the film as such. Obviously, he's, his interactions with other characters are really, really strong. But it felt like they'd done all of his character work off screen, which for me was a bit of a shame. Uh, yeah, I suppose the the five year gap, but I think that was necessary. I think it was necessary to show how people have changed in five years, and that the landscape has totally changed. And it's not going to be just Avengers Assemble. There's got to be some kind of a roadblock, Jessel, to get these people back together. A bit of a roadblock in 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 just merging these people back together again. Nothing's going to be the same again. And I actually thought that merging Banner and Hulk, him getting over those problems. And him describing those problems was really, 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 really good. And also, remember, he, he did the big thing. He brought everybody back. It's so important that his mindset was where it was. Because otherwise, nobody was strong enough to withstand the the, the Infinity Gauntlet that they'd made. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I actually agree with Tom um, on most of his points. that I think that they are slightly hamstrung by how they can treat him. And Hulk has slightly become like the Dirk Kout of, uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like he, he's never going to play up front on his own. And he always kind of gets put out into the right wing and he'll always do his best and he'll always contribute. But he'll have his own kind of like solo spot up front. Um, which is fine. And, and I think he gets enough throughout the rest of the film to warrant it. And I think in this, like they, they have to kind of shortcut it and make the audience understand, okay, this has happened in this short space of time, like, like the way that they transmit the message. So the, the, straight from the off, when they're in that diner and these kids come up to him wanting a selfie, the way that he handles all of that, you immediately think, okay, something's completely different here. Right? And, and he does it so brilliantly. Like he's clearly got that expert. It's kind of like when, when, um, sort of a really geeky kid starts working out. So they're also like really smart and muscly. And that's what he feels like in this film. Like he, it's like he's unlocked this new confidence that he never had. And, and that kind of transmits to all the other characters because he boosts them up, as you guys were saying, you know, he does actually lift them up when they're down. So he, he wasn't my favorite character in this film, but he's de- he definitely plays like a, a crucial role um, throughout. I totally agree with that. I think it's a, it's a massively crucial role. The only thing that I was disappointed with a little bit was that um, he, um, he he loses use of that arm, you know, so he can't fight as much because I really wanted to see Thanos versus Hulk again, part two, and they, they they couldn't really deliver that. But what they did deliver with Cap and Thor was was magnificent with the with him, you know, using the um the the his his hammer and being worthy. So that kind of made up for it. Well, I did I was a bit upset about that. Barton is next. Tom um obviously goes off the rails after losing his family, which was heartbreaking to start the film, a heartbreaking way to start the film as well, and then becomes Ronin. Yeah, I thought they used Clint really well in this film. Um, I thought, you know, he was one of the... His best one? His best Avengers? Yep, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I thought he was really strong in Avengers 2, to be fair, as well. Uh, Age of Ultron. I know that's... Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I thought in here was really good. He was one of those characters that had a really good through line as well. He sort of bookended the film really nicely. And he was one of those characters who you could you could really feel with their emotional journey because you could see what he'd lost. You could see what he was fighting for. You could see what it meant to him. You could see what he was willing to do. Everything felt really organic and really real and really relatable with him throughout. And they they managed to sort of just sort of subtly just negate the... Because everyone's always been like, oh, Hawkeye's rubbish, he has many powers. They just managed to completely negate that in this film by A, not really putting a lampshade on it and B, just making him be really badass every time he's on screen, which was great. Um, I love that they went down a slightly darker path with him as well. Um, and I think that they've left that really open-ended to sort of using the TV show going forward, which will be really good as well. Um, they've sort of left enough hanging over on Hawkeye as a character in that he didn't necessarily get the... He's still got a lot of baggage that he needs to deal with emotionally because obviously he hasn't he doesn't get a chance in this film to really deal with a coming to grips with what he's had to do as a character because he doesn't get that closure of sacrificing himself and b having to deal with the fact that he he kind of lets Nat I mean that's maybe but he lets Nat sacrifice herself and he has to honor Nat's sacrifice so he's got that kind of dual thing going forward for his Hawkeye TV show of him having to deal with the emotional fallout both from his own actions and from Black Widow's in this film so it was really good to see him sort of get a bit more emotional weight to deal with and uh, I thought Jeremy Renner obviously dealt with it really effectively and it was a, he was a really important part of this film which is good because you know it, he is one of the original Avengers and he deserves to get that sort of spotlight in this film especially since he was missing from Infinity War Brilliant I think that was perfectly put up. Um, Chessel, any anything you want to add for uh, for Barton? I think I think Tom nailed it. The only thing is, I just didn't like his hair. I didn't like um, Ronin's <laughs> hair. And really, every time I looked at, it, I was like, "Come on, man, dude, you're like in your forties now. You cannot pull off this faux hawk or whatever it is." Like, it just, I don't know. It, it just irked me. But you know, uh, going back to Age of Ultron, I think Age of Ultron is one of the best Marvel films as well. But I know everyone else generally hates it. But no, I, I love I actually, it. I love you it. do okay great i th- i think he's brilliant in that actually mm. and this i i love the cold open basically this of this film where there's no music as well i'll come back to the music a little bit later because i think they frequently overuse music um in kind of scenes whereas in this at the beginning there's just no music it's just all silent and the way that they deal with um his family just evaporating into the ether it's just so fantastic and then that's the start of the film so he already plays a central role from literally the first scene yeah and that, that's all I've got to really say about him, because otherwise, like, he's never been one of my favourite characters, no. he never will be, but he, he plays his part. Baji, I think they've nailed, um, Barton, so let's go to his other, the other original, which is, uh, Black Widow, who, who plays a big part, uh, as well, and let's just cut straight to the chase when we're talking about Barton, and I thought they did that scene so well. They switcherooed it so many times that I actually thought the other was going, you know, I was gonna was gonna die on Warmir. I just thought that was so well done. I think you know what the whole world was ready for Clint to die mm. at that moment in time. You just were because Scarlett Johansson, she's out, she's down and out, right? He's taken her out. That's it. It's a game over. And she did it in such a style. There was only one conclusion left. He couldn't grab her. She had all the power to let go. There was nothing that he could do. But when you see her lying there, and the, the coldness and starkness of it all, you almost are left hope. And this may seem very, very strange, but this is the truth. 
you were almost left hoping that when he's sitting there in the water before he opens his hands with the stone in his hand, that you think that, okay, that by some mercy, she would be there too. Where the soul stone and the keepers of the soul stone realize that there's already been so much sacrifice of souls to get to this point. Why would there need to really be another one? But that would be too glossy and too Hollywood straight Bollywood. The reality, stark reality, was that there was going to be no change. There was going to be the demand of the soul, and the soul was taken, and it's gone. And there was no way you can snap fingers, bring them back. It was over. And they referenced that a few times, right, after the event as well, that it's not someone you can bring back. And in her loss, you kind of see the game as well. And it seems kind of macabre a little bit. But in her loss, you see the game for the likes of Bruce Banner, for the likes of Clint as well, is that they gain in where they will go now with those characters, in my mind anyway. Because there'll always be the longing of the Black Widow. There'll always be this feeling of what could have been, especially with Bruce Banner. Sorry to come back to Bruce for a little bit. She was awesome in this film, and, cre and credit where credit's due. You know, I, I don't think the film would have been as good without her, or if she died earlier or anything like that, because that set, again, the rest of the scene, because you could see that she was missing. It all, when all the, like, if you think about fight actions over the years, usually the ones She's with Black Widow, there. they're just amazing, right? They're not shit, they're never shit. She's no. always there kicking out, absolute destroy. Yeah, Natasha Romanov, it, it was fucking brilliant. I thought, if I can just jump in, like, what I thought fascinating about this film in particular was Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff was really amazing. As Black Widow, the, the character Black Widow, in terms of the action and ass-kicking stuff, was kind of secondary a little bit in this film. No, it was none. It was none, wasn't it? It was gone. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think, like, you have these moments, she's literally crying with no makeup on. You have these moments when she's trying to be the one to sacrifice herself. You have all these kind of things, and you, you sort of see the loss written on her face. And I think Scarlett Johansson does a really good job here, like, like massively good job. And, and actually, losing her was a shock to me. I did not expect that to actually happen. I was like, no. The, mm -hmm. I thought she's even going to have her own solo film or something. I was like, no, she can't go. She's going to come back. She's going to yeah. come back. And she doesn't. And that hit me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be an origin story, which yeah. she can do. And honestly, to me, I was so shocked, mate, when she... Uh, this is the first time one that my daughter bawled hard on this really badly because she loves her. And I just... The way they did it as well, the 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 direction, the acting, everything was just like, you know, they could have just thrown her off, but the way that they made them hang off the, the edge and then just slip, just slowly slip, just, oh, I think she kicks herself she off in one, the end. She has possibly won the lines in the whole film, right? Let Between me go. her and Clint. No, 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 I'm sorry, I couldn't give it to you sooner. Yeah, absolutely. When she when so she changes when she goes to get him, yeah, yeah. Tom, anything to add on uh, Black Widow? It was a very sad moment. The first real destroying moment, really, for a for a Marvel fan was was that one. And you know what the beauty was, Tom? I don't know if you know is they used exactly the same music of uh, when Dan the Mora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. I would say it was another one of those where they broadcast what was going to happen a little bit earlier than they sort of. 
they sort of set the scene for that one quite well. So you were already sort of teary knowing that one of them was going to have to die. Because the way they set it up, it was like those two specific characters whose entire connected history and the way that they interact in this film about saving each other and loss. Oh yeah, they're going to the place where where they need to sacrifice someone to get the soul stone. And I was like, right, okay, that's going to hurt like quite a lot. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I think didn't quite work, and that's not necessarily because of this anything this film did, but because of the way they've treated death previously in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they kind of had to they kind of had to point out like four times she wasn't coming back, which I thought kind of negated the blow a little bit. Like there was a couple of moments in the film sort of later on, they had to be like, no, 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 we're we're not going to bring back Black Widow, we promise. And I was kind of like, okay, because you kept it's like no, like I you thought, said you, you, no, I thought it was important because. They I thought it was were, important, but no, I thought it was they, important they because Thor, to, that makes sense. Thor loved her so much that he wanted them to go back with the, with because they can go back, they can do whatever. But as we've seen with, this is this is the brilliant evidencing here. Just all with Gamora, she hasn't come back. This Gamora is a different Gamora now. They've right. reset the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, 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 that's what I would say. I really like the way this film handled death in general, but I think the way that the previous twenty films have handled death made me kind of think that. The, the 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 death of Black Widow kind of lost its impact a little bit at the time because you had to have those sort of you had to have the rest of the film basically say no 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 we promise we're not going to bring her back if that makes sense you know I wasn't sure that they weren't going to bring I her back and if you're not sure it. if you're not sure whether or not she's going to stay dead for me at least a little bit it just kind of blunted that impact of her death I get that I, I, I get what I well, I do get what Tom's saying actually um I mean for me I was kind of overloaded by so much information in the film that I didn't really process it so I think it, watching it first time I needed the Vision reminder that back. she's not coming Vision back, didn't come but... back dude Vision didn't come no, back No no I'm not say- yes. I'm not saying any I'm not that's what I said I think this film got the way it brings back characters perfectly because it didn't bring anyone back at all which i thought was spot on but over the previous 20 films characters haven't tended to die and or stay dead so they, they kind of had to spend a solid portion of, of the last quarter of this film sort of basically hammering on about the fact they weren't going to bring anyone back can i um can i just ask a question wasn't vision manufactured though Gex, hmm? rather than rather yeah than yeah he was he was yeah. he was manufactured he was built. but yeah. he was built but he was built by those times wasn't he when they went back already with those stones? Ish. We'll Ish. see. Ish. We'll see, basically. I think it's so. Tough. We'll see, yeah. Because he's going to have to be, because they're going to be doing a TV show, on it, but, uh, and it's supposed to be set after Endgame. But, Jessel, I wanted to ask you a little bit of a question on how the 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 actual um, Infinity Gauntlet works, because Gamora is apparently still alive, obviously still alive, but everybody else has dis- has been has been made into dust with what Tony did. Because she came with them, wouldn't she? Or is it is it just a thing you think? I wanna wipe out I wanna wipe out all those people that are against us or whatever. I don't know. What what is it? How is it Yeah, I think I think you just snap your fingers and whatever you wish to, to happen right. just comes true. So I think Tony says just wipe out um Thanos's army. You know, Thanos and his army. Yeah. Bang. And then I think that's it. So Whereas Thanos was just saying wipe out half of the living creatures in the universe. And they actually specifically say living creatures in this film because it's not explicit in the last film. He just says wipe out half the universe. So I'm thinking, okay, it's like humans. But this is clearly like livestock as well, you know, animals and this and any living creature. So um that's the kind of extent. We haven't even touched on that, to be honest. I mean, I'm guessing we'll get to Thanos later. But, um I mean, so so that's kind of what happens. Um I, I think it's fascinating how they pass the gauntlet around as well between them and oh, and who's so who's, who's powerful enough to handle it, you know. 
I thought it was fun when they were just hand when they just wanted to keep it away from Thanos and they're just yeah. messing it about. I thought that was brilliant scenes. That just, was like an American football match. Yeah, it was so yeah. good. Pass the parcel and like, I mean, I mean, that was yeah, it was really good and I understand all your points on that. Bargy, let's go to the next. Um, uh, we've talked about how everybody came back. Um, obviously because of Hulk's um click of his fingers. Peter Parker being one of the big ones in terms of um, having an emotional effect because obviously his scene with um, just on the battle scene when he hugs him, I, I was you know just talk us through that. It was brilliant when he goes. I was just on this. I was just in space and <laughs> it's just amazing because obviously he's completely oblivious, right? It's something that um, Ant Man talks about, you know, like where he says what people think is five years, ten years, or whatever, in that quantum realm, so to speak, it's five hours, five minutes, mm. that kind of thing. And it's exactly how this, how they say, you know, it was all dusty, and all of a sudden Doctor Strange goes, let's go, kind of thing, and off we go. And over here, it's been really, and you know, like he talks like such a teenager as well, like really fast, really excited. And mm. like, you always get that feeling with Peter Parker's own. They did it so well in, um, the previous in and infinity war sorry yeah. i can get my words out there and also spider where he's almost in awe of being there he can't quite believe that he's there you know and, and that kind of childlike elements of him and in that youthfulness the exuberance the whole oh yeah, yeah and you know the excitement and the buzz he fails to grasp what tony's thinking that dude you are gone you don't know how far you would go. actually you know, we haven't got time on the battlefield to actually go through the whole thing. Mm. So here's the massive hug, and hopefully you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's really interesting is that at the funeral, obviously, you've got Aunt May, you've got everybody else, you've got his friends as well in um, at the funeral. They didn't know that he was Spider-Man. And I wonder if by the time the funeral's come along, that everything is out in the open as to who and what certain people are because with peter parker i, I have a feeling that that probably has come out to some degree um, because no, of the way maybe maybe don't. not because obviously she knows he was working with tony uh because of his grant and then that story is that the guy who gave him a grant died so he's working with him he's got to go to his funeral type thing i, I think it would be simple as that really oh, okay she might not even know yeah she won't know who these people are she's just thinking she's mm -hmm. attending a funeral for all she knows but but mm -hmm. some of the you know some of the scenes in the battle scene where he's literally, he's got uh, Thanos' glove with all the stones oh. on there, and he's zipping through things. Mm. Oh, it's just amazing. Just amazing. Um, a little bit of foreshadowing as well here, Tom. Um, Peter Parker meeting Captain Marvel uh, was a great scene, I thought. Love that. Because <laughs> you know they're going to meet again. <laughs> In the next Avengers film, probably. <laughs> it's going to be great. I thought that was so funny. Have you got something there for me, Peter? The way she said it, dude, like a school teacher. <laughs> Just... uh, yeah. Hi, I'm... Peter Parker. Hi, I'm Peter. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> so good. Um, Jessel, is there anything else you want to talk about? What What other characters? Should we go Thanos now? The big one? Well, no, I was just going to say, before we get to the baddie, um, Ant-Man, I mean... Uh, yes, you know, yes. Ant-Man amazing. Paul Rudd, you know, 50 looking 21 still, and a Scott Lang 
he comes back. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp was a fantastic film. Oh, that yeah. was another one in the, in the recent MCU, um, which has just been brilliant. And, so uh, great to see it with everybody as well. Uh, as he person. doesn't really get his... Um, we kind of lost out because it coincided with the World Cup last year and it got delayed by six weeks, but... Yeah. Um, which was crazy, but he was brilliant. He was crucial in this. Like the high kicks off the whole idea of, okay, the quantum realm. Otherwise, like everyone's just twiddling their thumbs, basically. And that's what gives Tony the impetus eventually to kind of kickstart the whole thing and, and actually come up with the idea. So he does play, he doesn't play as crucial a role as the, the film rolls on, but initially that first act, he is really the, the, the motivation behind them coming up with this idea in the first place so and he's just so funny oh my god paul rudd is so funny as ant-man he just brings this levity to every situation even though he kind of as he comes back into this new world he's looking around at the ashes and 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 this this crazy landscape and he's wondering what's going on and and he has no, his own emotional moment but very quickly he kind of brings back that levity to the film which was needed absolutely he even gets a serious scene when he's just trying to put across to tony that we need to do this, you know, that was the first time you actually see him really get emotional and serious about something, and normally he's just a comedian, really, he's there for, for the laughs, and that's his role, but um, I thought that was a really good part for, for, for Scott as well, and it was just nice to see them all in there again, links to um, uh, Michael Douglas <clears throat> when he's young, and everything, just, they just did everything perfectly, I thought, they were just... The Russo, the Russo brothers just need so to get so much credit for putting together such an ensemble cast. Like it's just so big, so big, and to fit it together and make it work like they have, honestly, just it's. I tell you what, Gags. Quick question: Do you think at the next Oscars this deserves the best film nomination? I don't know because. I... It's tough to judge a comic book movie with the art movies, what they do, right? I can't judge that. That's not what I do. But from my point of view, as a as a fan of this genre, this is the best I've seen, I think, I've ever seen. I think this is the best. I judge a film by how it makes me feel more than anything. Um, if it makes me feel the full range of emotion. And in this, I got it. I got everything. I got I got. My guy's in peril. I got the avenging. I got the revenge. I got the death. I got the, the, the fun, you know, the absolute comedy, the, the, the links to all of the 21 films. I got everything. I got literally everything that I would have wanted in this film. This becomes my number one MCU movie immediately after one watch. And it'll probably stay there after the couple more, but I can't say about Oscars or anything like that. I don't know how they judge them. And I'm not a movie. I'm, I'm not one of those guys, but for me, if it, when it comes into the comics and what I've seen in comic book movie type stuff, um, this goes, this goes above everything. It gave me more feels than The Force Awakens when it first came back and I'm a Star Wars crazy guy. It gave me more feels than that. So for it to do that and beat that, it tells you the job that they've done and it'll be probably the best ever experience in a movie theater for me ever. Just because of the reactions of people punching the air and laughing their heads off and then crying. And it's very rare, Jessel, to get a whole cinema to be doing that and some applause at the end when it finished. You know, know Gags, your your children, your children are going to remember this. Like, they will tell their children that yeah. I, you know, I went with my dad and my granddad and everything like that to to see Infinity, not Infinity War, um, Endgame. That as well, both of them. 
yeah. both of them. Yeah. You know, they, they will remember this. And they're at that age and, and it's important. These things, okay, you can say it's only art, it's only cinema. No, these things can shape people's, um, you know, minds and, and especially young minds. And, and these are great films. What I really took away from this film whilst I was watching it is just, like I said before, how incredibly well it was made. Like, like you said, the Russo brothers just did a practically flawless job. I mean, and, and with this kind of cast and the budget and the, all the things they have to juggle, all the character lines of the past 21 films, you know, I mean, for me, this, this was just, it was breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. I think it wouldn't work as well if the cast didn't pretty much know their characters inside and out. You get that feeling with like I think I think Paul Rudd's a perfect example. You know, as soon as he's on screen, he just he inhabits Ant Man so perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know a lot of the obviously the Russos do a great job of that, but you know the, the actors will have to carry a lot of that weight as well because for someone like for example, as again Paul Rudd, his previous two films have been directed by Peyton Reed. He obviously has had roles in uh, he was in Civil War as well, so he worked with the Russos a little bit. But he wasn't it. But, you know, he's one of those characters. And I think, you know, uh, Captain Marvel's another one. They just come in mm. and they instantly feel like the same characters. And that's got to be a huge credit to the cast mm. for being able to inhabit that continuity so effectively. Because I think to an extent in the earlier films, that wasn't something you necessarily saw to the same extent. There were some characters in the sort of the first sort of five or six mm. where they did feel a little bit different from film to film. Whereas increasingly, and it's, as it's gone on, and that's, I'd say that's a massive credit to both the cast and the Russos, the characters feel like the same characters. Feige, feel like Feige as well. Yeah, well. Feige. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely. Had to it together. Um, I, I just wanted to mention on, on uh, Lang as you're there on Ant Man, uh, the the baby scenes and all that when he's <laughs> with the Hulk. I'm oh, sorry, you have to mention the fucking hilarity in in Hulk fucking him over so badly. It was so funny. Um, Baji, let's start Ken with you. Ken Jeong. <laughs> Pardon? You have to give credit to yes. a film that can put Ken Jeong as an extra. Yeah, absolutely. So many extras. Russo, the, the, uh, Joe Russo was in it as well. Oh, I find that hilarious. And he's almost near silent, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the, the director, one of the directors of the movie was in there as well. He was the guy talking to Cap at the start. So uh, there, there's so many, there's so many. Um... Absolutely brilliant. So Paji, let's Perfect start with... Russo's for getting community cameos in there. To get what, sorry? And so forgetting cameos. community community cameos in there yeah absolutely um <laughs> let's let's start with thanos Baji because um the big shock for me was getting beheaded and you mentioned it already about i just thought when it happened i went what <laughs> what we've killed him already what's yeah. what's happening what's going on well yeah well, well this is the thing this is why this film is so mesmerizing and i, I would say a real cinematic experience yeah not only emotionally but visually as well as to where your mind can go with this you're in the first half hour of the film and Thor has just chopped the head off the person that you think there's going to be a massive battle with. And then it goes to five years later and they're in a room, you know, and they're busy doing their... I, you know what? It's almost like Alcoholics Anonymous for people who are grieving. I don't know how else to explain because it, it kind of comes across like an AA meeting of people talking about grief and people that they've lost. You know, it's been so many days since XYZ has gone and all this kind of stuff. And you're left thinking that is this film now going to play as an emotional roller coaster and emotion rather than action? Whereas if you think about all the previous films, they've been laden with action scene after action scene after action scene after action scene. But here there isn't. It's not all gung ho, it's all no guts and bluster, it's not all. Here's lots of firepower and CGI. It kind of 
uses it in small spaces where it needs to, and then it builds up to the climax. But what I found truly, again, mesmerizing was that emotional part and being able to build and layer, you know, slowly but surely. And Thanos is fantastic for it. You know, like some of his own verbiage in all this. Yeah, it was inevitable. I'm inevitable. All of this kind of stuff, whereby you know it gets all philosophical about things that were going to happen, should have happened, could have happened. Yeah, and then towards the end, where he's literally saying, "You know what? You guys brought this upon yourselves. I'm the savior here, not the enemy." That kind of feeling. Um, I was speaking to a friend today. I'm inevitable. Yeah, it's his birthday today, and he was desperate to go and see the film. Unfortunately. He's not been very well. So he couldn't go and see the film. said, I won't spoil it for you. But his family gave him rings. Yeah, and a Thanos type of ring with all the little stones in it because he was such a fan of Thanos. And he goes, I've tried to get my daughter to like Thanos. And she goes, she's not having any of it. Like, I'm not bloody surprised. He looks like a fucking thug. (laughs) 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 Let's face it, it's like a plasticine thug, right? With five, six lines drawn in as a goatee. I'm not going to like that if I'm a kid, especially when you just see him chopping everybody up and blowing them away and destroying them and then yeah. snapping his fingers and taking people's loved ones. He took away Hawkeye's dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's oh, getting brutal God. about it. He took away Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's dog. And that may seem like a really stupid thing to say about a film no. where you're reviewing it. But from an emotional perspective, you're thinking if you actually have a dog or you have any other animal in your household, yeah, they're part of your family. And all of a sudden, like, you know, he lost everything, Agreed. and even the dog. It, it, it's just like, wow. And his emotional connection when the phone rings or when he goes back in time and he can hear the dog and he's, he can hear his daughter and he can hear his kids and he can see the glove mate, he can see the baseball, all that kind of stuff. It all links back. And Thanos is possibly the kind of body we'll never see again because he is, at times, completely unemotive and as black as white as it gets in regards to what he wants to do and how he wants to do it and what he feels he, he needs to achieve respective to destiny. And then at other times, can be showing pangs of emotion, of wanting to love, wanting to care. He did it in Infinity War, but even then switched off and still sacrificed his daughter nice guy, or sorry, not his daughter, his adopted daughter in inverted commas, as he threw her over the edge, poor Zoe Saldana. And then, even in this one, yeah, just before he gets beheaded, the way that he's talking, the way he says, I had to destroy the stones, the job was done. He's black and white about what he did. And then, he didn't want to do anything. And he's no idea what those prickly melons or mangoes were that he was picking. You know, it just seemed like he was going for a lovely, leisurely stroll in the garden. His garden, as he um, likes to call it. So, with Thanos, I don't know. I, I don't think you're going to get a baddie like him again. I just don't. Yes, yeah, so he was all. It, it, well, yeah. I mean, he was almost um, 
unrecognizable from Infinity War. Like you get a really different Thanos in that film compared to the one you get in Endgame. And part of that could just be the time travel and, and that kind of fork in the road where suddenly, you know, he could be going down that same road and then this random occurrence happens where Nebula kind of, you know, her, she has like the crossed wire effectively. And that, that basically sets Thanos down a much different direction. And he's a lot crueler and, and a lot, um, it sounds ridiculous to say, but he, he is in this and he's a bit more petty and, um, He's he's actually quite physically more impressive. He does even more than he did in the first films and stuff. So I, I, mean, I thought his weapon quite... is unbelievable. Oh man, he just he, he rocks the shit in this. Like physically, it's really impressive. Um, and in a kind of more war scene, whereas originally, like in Infinity War, it's kind of you see these one on one interactions. And when he's beating the crap out of the Hulk, like that is really impressive in in a certain way. But in this, he takes it to the next level. So I, I think. I mean, part, there was criticism of Infinity War because in the end, like, Thanos was only kind of intermittently sort of bled to us throughout all the other films. It's like, okay, why should I care about this person? Why should I care about this villain? But I think over the course of both films, I feel like we get enough of Thanos, um, in terms of, of character development, just about. I could do with a bit more, actually, but I think just about he gets away with it. And I think he is this epic villain, um, just, just for the sake of, his ambition, his ambition is so ridiculous and, and so huge that no one else would even conceive of that. And, and it's also quite pressing in, um, you know, today's political landscape as well. So, so I, I think, I think it's fascinating how Thanos has been handled. I think that, I think they've done a good job. I thought, I thought he had enough in the first film, um, personally that, that developed him enough. And in this one, you just see that he's nine years, oh, sorry, it'll be four or five years behind that development in, you know, from where he is, and he's 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 still that thug. He still doesn't think he can get all the stones yet, and this just makes his job really much much easier. Whereas he's had to Don't work his ass off to get those those um, those stones. Gags and Jessel and also Tom. Don't you think he's tinged in regret, like deep regret, especially like it's in the first half hour before he gets beheaded. The way that he's talking, his body language, <laughs> body language and reflected comments. I think he's just battered because the second one took a lot out of him. You know, I just think he feels deep regret. Like he made, I, he feels. I don't. I think the opposite. I think the opposite, actually. I think there's a real sense of desperation about Thanos in this film, and a real sense of of anger. Mm. I think, especially in the sort of the when he shows up in the second time, there's a real sense of. In the first film, he's got that real sense of he's got a lot of respect for the heroes and the way mm. he treats. And you know, he sees it as mm. a regret of. He sees the way he treats the heroes in the first one was a very regrettable thing. He's like, he's like, you know, to Stark, you know, I hope they remember you because, you know, you fought, you fought well. Mm. You know, I, I understand, he understands what the heroes are trying to do, but in this one, he wants to wipe them. In this, well, in this one, you know, he sees himself lose. He, you know, he, he did everything he had, he did everything he set out to do. He destroyed the stones. He made sure that there was no way that anyone could ever stop him. And then they, they find a way because obviously they're the heroes. So he, and then he sees all this pan out and he's so angry and desperate and frustrated with, with what's happened that he, as, um, Jessel says, he just ends up being very, very petty and very cruel because he's so, he needs this. You know, this is what he's built his entire life towards. So he sees this group of people that he sees so far beneath him because he, in his mind, he's, is his mind, he's won already. He sees himself win. He sees himself beat all of these people and defeat them and do everything he needs to set out and do. And these people who are so beneath him that they're not even worth fighting, that he's only fought them because they're making him. And then they somehow manage to cheat him. And that's what he feels. I think he feels cheated in the sort of the back half of this film. And, you know, he says, you know, he says like, you know, this was never a personal thing for me. This was always about the, what needed to be done. But the, but the way you've tried to stop me and the way you've 
gone about this just makes me want to hurt you. And that for me, not only you know, that, he see, says, "I want to now I've changed my mind. I'm now going to wipe out the entire universe and make it start again um, yeah. from yeah. scratch." And that is that that is some anger, you know, to to go that way because this time I'm not losing. Or this time you give me another chance. I'm going to finish the job and make sure that there's not more people like you on every other planet. And that was that was pure evil, you know. Coming into that part of it, it was getting into pure evil. So from my point of view, he 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 once he sees his his demise, it's it's the end, you know, for everybody else. It's but it. but I mean, it would be, wouldn't it? Because yeah. if in Infinity War there was an organic process where he's collecting the stones one mm. by one, and he's growing as as it goes along, and every time he takes a stone, then he kind of loses a part of himself and gains a part of himself, and you know, especially the soul stone and all that. So imagine this, you know, this all of the stones are just there on the gauntlet, and he's also through Nebula seen himself get beheaded. So obviously he's going to have this kind of fear of the fear of the future that he didn't have before because he had an organic journey in Infinity War. So with this he's going to shortcut and think okay damn this is going to happen to me i have to avoid this so a lot more fear comes into him before he was more confident in infinity war as tom was saying you know he's quite he's quite regal in that he's almost like i am already the king i just need these little stones to to prove it whereas in this film he's more of a scrambler you know he's he's kind of like scrappy and he's he's dirty and he's doing what he wants to because he's not earning the stones one by one he's just trying to grab that gauntlet and then suddenly do what he wants to do so i think i think the way that he's handled in both films is fascinating i think they do a really good job actually yeah, he's great. I, I love Thanos as a villain. I think he's brilliant. And like Bardi said, it's going to be hard to get another one like him into these movies, whatever they do in the future. It's going to be intriguing. Um, before we go, there's still so many people we could talk about. It's just impossible to get them in. Uh, we're already nearly at uh, an hour and 30 here, guys, so we're going to have to cut some things up. But we will do a full review, a proper review. Maybe it'll be a two-parter on this movie for every single character as well. But let's talk about how uh, it leaves the MCU guys and where where it leads and I think Tom you really wanted to talk about this um where does it leave us with movies we've already mentioned the Asgardians of the galaxy um I think the big one we need to talk about is the hand the passing on of the torch mate um yeah I'm curious to see what they do with the cap I think they might I don't think that'll be in a film it might oh, be the TV sort of, series isn't it obviously they've got the TV series coming I think what they've done really well in this film is they've left certain characters in various levels so you've got characters like Thor for example I think it's a clear example of a character that they wanted to get an arc in this film so they can set him on his way for the next for the future. Yeah. And obviously that's Asgardians of the Galaxy. We've already talked about and him. And also there's, there's a, talk of Thor 4 as well. So there's two which films. Which surprise me at all, yeah. Mm. Which would be great. I, and I think there are certain characters in this film who don't, who aren't re- either aren't really in it at all or who are sort of well set already. So, you know, you've got your Doctor Stranges, your Black Panthers, your Captain Marvels. Those are the three really along with Spider-Man, who don't, you know, we know that we know they're getting more films. They are the future face of the MCU. With Black Panther especially, there was sort of a sense of, we don't really need to put him in this film much, because we know he's probably going to be one of the films that we see probably next year, because obviously it won Oscars, and because obviously it made so much money, they are going to want Black Panther 2 ASAP. So we'll probably see Black Panther next year anyway, so there isn't that sort of same desperation to get him in. Doctor Strange again, we'll probably see him in the next couple of years, so they don't need to put him in this film hugely. So there was those sorts of characters. And then there are some who are sort of in the middle where you sort of sense that they are being left in a state where they can be used. So I think Ant-Man's one of these. You sort of you get the sense of they haven't got any immediate plans for him, but there's definitely scope for him to be used in the future. I think Hulk is another one, as I say, they're setting up sort of be a bit part player, maybe in another Avengers film in five years time. Um, and obviously we know they've got some new stuff coming, the Eternals, oh, which... 
Scarlet. yep, Scarlet Witch, of course, is another one where they set By her the way, up I nicely. Thought her versus Thor was amazing. Oh, sorry, her versus Thanos was amazing. Right, yeah. Um, obviously, we know they're doing the TV series, and they're mm. all they're all perfectly well set up. So the Loki TV series was nicely sort of set oh up. Oh my god, one. we haven't talked yeah, about how Loki yeah. disappeared because yeah, that is purely talking. he's alive. <laughs> Time travel's a mess. I have no idea how they're going to handle that. Vision <laughs> is another one where we don't. If he comes back to life, they've left that off screen, which is good. Um, obviously, we know they're doing a Falcon and TV show. Hawkeye, as I've already mentioned, he his arc in this film sets him up perfectly for the future of the MCU as well. And obviously, as we know, that they're bringing in more characters as well, the Eternals and Shang-Chi. So, yeah, the MCU at the moment, I think, is in a good position where they've got sort of three or four core characters that have been introduced in the last couple of years that they're going to be pushing harder going forward. They've got space for some new properties to come in now that the big some of the big hits have gone. But they've managed to keep several of the sort of the characters who've been around for a while in the in situ so that they can use those again if they need them. Bang on, mate. Just on anything you want to add to that? You think that was fair? Uh, from, from... Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's absolutely fair. And I think Kevin Feige kind of treats this a little bit like a sports team. I mean, if you think of Liverpool 10 years ago, obviously we don't have the same squad. And, uh, uh, and you know, you'd have some players who, if they are your best players, might stay a long time. But eventually everyone time, everyone's time uh, comes. In this instance, it's Iron Man and Captain America. But, you know, as Tom was saying already, they've kind of bled through Black Panther, Captain Marvel. You know, these people are going to take over gradually as, as it goes on. And then you'll have others who will continue that. Um, you know, from a business perspective, Disney announced, uh, you know, they've been developing their own streaming platform um, for a long time now. And they announced it finally last month, which is Disney Plus. A lot of this will tie into Disney Plus from a core business point of view. You know, they're pulling it from other platforms like Netflix, Amazon Prime, everything. And they will put all of this stuff onto Disney Plus because they obviously need to add value to it. So, they will develop other things. I think they need to be careful that they don't go crazy and develop, you know, just every single TV program and stuff and, and, and sort of lose value of this original kind of first three phases of, of the Marvel films because they are something really special. So they, they do need to sort of balance things out a little bit and it will be fascinating seeing it moving forward because the Disney Plus starts in November of this year of 2019. So, you know, moving forward, it's going to become a huge thing for Disney and obviously for Marvel. Totally agree, yeah. Baji, any final thoughts on the way forward? Yeah, Valkyrie. Oh yeah, of course, Queen. The Queen of Asgard. Queen! Queen! <laughs> yeah, totally I, forgot that was up. another it, setup. It, it, yeah, it was total setup, right? It's like, thoughtful, absolutely. Um, I think Valkyrie as a film would be great. Oh, right, yeah, that would be good as well. Um, I did, I did enjoy that. Um, <laughs> the new Asgard and the way Thor was in the uh, the truck on the way there, just brilliant, just brilliant. But yeah, they they have set it up nicely, as Thomas said. So many things going on there, um, and uh, I thought it was a it was a very emotional, nice scene where he hands it over to hands over the uh, the shield to Falcon, um, as it has happened in the comic books as well. So yes, maybe maybe they change the name now from Falcon and Winter Soldier to Captain America and Winter Soldier. We shall see what Disney Plus have for us, but that would be magnificent as well. Um, any final thoughts, um, Jessel, before we go? I just want to go and watch it again. Absolutely, <laughs> like just, mine's planned just in. Talking about it has just gotten me so excited about it again, and there's so much in there that we haven't covered. You know, know, we could have gone another three hours to be I honest. Know, it's so too, it'd be too long, wouldn't it? And uh, you yeah. know what? If you think we've missed anything, you can talk to us on Twitter. Um, we will be putting this out from the Buzz account, and uh, just get back to us if you've seen it 
and uh, what what else do you think we we should have covered? Obviously, this just not enough time to cover everything. Baji, anything from you? Yeah, don't drink an end game. Yeah, don't Trust drink. Oh yeah, don't drink an end game. It's three hours, lads. Mate, it's, it's okay. Hours. This yeah. pod is for this is to, this pod is only for people who have listened already. Yeah, you don't. So watched already. Well, if you're going to go for the reset, yeah. don't go for Well, the reset, I have the best. Uh, go to my Twitter. All my tips are there. I already put them out today. Afterwards, it worked a treat. I made sure I had an empty bladder when I went in. I had a drink. You need it for the last hour because it gets very emotional. So I kept the drink there. did not touch it for the first two hours. Uh, and I made sure I had some tissues as well. So it all worked a treat. Not even dying to go to the toilet for once in a three-hour film. And it all worked magnificently. So those those are the tips you do. You do need to drink something because your throat will get pretty dry uh, when it gets to the second, the third hour, which is uh, very sad at times. So Tom, last one for you, mate. Anything you want to say or talk about before we go? Just how much money this thing's going to make? I think I've never honestly. <laughs> tip, I've tip never to one I've billion dollars in the first week, mate. That's the tip. That's I've, what I've been to. I went to. I saw. Uh, Force Awakens a midnight showing mm. and Infinity War a midnight showing and this comfortably outstripped both of them. Um, comfortably outstripped both of them. Um, you know, I st- I went to buy tickets the day they came out and the web- I was going to go to one of I've got two cinemas local to me. I went- wanted to go to one of them. That one it said there's a 20 minute queue just to get onto the website. Mm. And the- So I went to the other one and I managed to scrape a ticket. But when I went to park, I got there about quarter two. The film, the, the trailer started at 25 two. I got there at quarter two. I couldn't park. I literally couldn't park outside the cinema. There's, this is a cinema that's got an absolutely huge car park. They must have had four showings on, and the car park was rammed. I, can't, I had to park down the road. It's a dream. And, uh, and it's a dream. Up. Cinema's dream. This film is a cinema's dream. When I, when I got in, there were still queues like 10 people long of like five for snacks. And the, when I got in, I actually missed all the trailers. I just got in as it was starting. I was very, very lucky. But there were still people, you know, still 100 people queuing outside, and I thought there's no way they'll start the film. Because there's a hundred people queuing outside for snacks, and to be fair, there might have been a couple of like uh, that once start staggered maybe to start like ten minutes, fifteen minutes later. But even so, I was just like, I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. Absolutely. We had our local cinema had um, someone stand up, give a big speech about Endgame, where it come from, where it gone to, what we've been waiting for for ten years, all this kind of stuff. Oh wow! I was like, wow! I was like, okay. I don't know when you get it. I don't normally get this in my local every man about every film I'm about to go and watch. You yeah. know what? The only time I remember something like that, Baji, was when I went to a Bollywood film in Wolverhampton <laughs> and the, one of the actors actually turned up in the, in the film. I was like, what the hell? This is amazing. Oh. That was the only, the closest I got to someone talking at the front when the actor actually turned up and I was just like, yo, they had done themselves. But luckily they had uh, loads of bodyguards. People did start rushing to the front. It's a, uh, yeah, we Indians are a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, when it gets to things like that. But yeah, thanks, Baji. Yeah, was but, a good we, but we're bladder trained for NCU. We are, we are bladder trained in Bollywood. Thank you very much. I think, much. Uh, also, I think, I think the uh, cinemas need to do like a Thor size bucket, like a special, you know, fat person's bucket, like of popcorn and a huge drink to tie in with, with fat Thor. I think that would have been genius if they could have done it. Well, that would be giving it away a little though. Ah, that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the surprise is the best part. You don't want to see, he doesn't want to see anyone. He only comes out to get beer. Jesus Christ. He was like, what's going on here? But yeah, so many surprises, so many good things. Um, seeing the Asian one with the uh, Hulk, so many bits and pieces in this movie that that's what make it. It make, makes it for me 
number one, number one. And someone said, I think it was because he better than Batman, the uh, you know the Dark Knight Returns and all this. I go, yes, I'm sorry, I'm not a big, I'm not. For me, this is number one. I won't go into the details. I'll do that at another time. But for me, this is number one. That is that is it. And where before we go, where does it rank, Jessel? It's got to be top three, definitely. Baji. I think it tops it. Yeah, tops it. Out of all of them, yeah. for me. Number all right, I, I haven't seen Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, it will top it, bro. It will. And Tom, you already said I'm your top five? Yeah, top five. Uh, I, I think I probably preferred Infinity War, if I'm being honest, on first <laughs> viewing, although it might surpass it on repeat viewing. And I think Civil War is still my favourite. Superb. Okay, thank you very much. Let us know your favourite movie out of the MCU, the first 22 films. Unbelievable. Once again, thank you for doing this last minute, uh, Tom Holmes, Harinda Baji and Jessel. Thank you very much, guys. And we will be back with Buzz. Um, yes, Monday night. I think there'll be another Got Pod. So hopefully, hopefully it's... That's a well, big one, guys. Mate, That's mate, a big, big if we one. thought Endgame was good. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. That's going to be... What a week. What a week. What a week. They, they just want to flood tears. They just want tears. That's what they want. Tears for fears. Right. We are all scared. We'll be back when next is, week. When it, when it's not... Sorry, I mean, God. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll decide when it's going to be. It's Monday night pod, I think. But, um, yeah, I'll get... I'll definitely be out on Monday night or Tuesday morning. But yeah. I listened to it. I just wanted to know when it was coming. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be recorded, I think, Monday night this time. You have watched Good Life, so there you go. That's All right. Fair enough. Okay. We'll be back next week. Thank you, guys. Network.